it, Red Arms. Give it your all. We'll drink the wine till the cup is dry and kiss the girls on down the cry and toss the dice until we fly and dance with Jack of the Shadows. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tales of a Red Arm. I'm your host, Justin. And today we're jumping into Chapter 26, Behind a Lock. A quick recap is basically uh, we had Egwene, Nynaeve, and Elaine in Nynaeve's room. They're talking, whatever. Elsa appears, tells them that the stuff has been put away underneath the stairwell somewhere. And then takes off running, and they're like, why didn't the Omerlin give this to her to work with? Like, why does she trust Elsa? That's the terrible idea. So they're like, well, after her. So then Egwene jumps out of there and chases after her, but ends up running into this really beautiful woman and makes her feel kind of ugly and plain comparative to her. And um, she asks her if she's seen a novice come by. She's like, well, she's she's long gone by now, so you're probably not going to catch her. And it's like, oh, okay. But then something like kind of gets her to go back and she heads back to... Um, basically couldn't think of where exactly she was, uh, going, but then she gathers herself and then kind of looks around trying to find this beautiful lady who's wearing all white has black hair. And she's like, where is she going? And she's like looking around more doors, more doors. Not really, but there were a lot of empty rooms occupied in the accepted galleries. Mostly because they don't have enough people to become accepted. But they don't have enough novices, they don't have enough accepted, and they don't have enough eyes to die. They just don't have enough, period. But when she pulls her out of the third room, Nine even Elaine are coming down the ramp. Not really in hasteful actions. And he's like, well, is she hiding in there? And Egwene's like, I lost her. But then she's thinking in her head, like, where did she go? I mean, she's not talking about Elsa. And Elaine's like, well, if I thought Elsa could outrun you, I would have chased her too. But, you know, she's kind of plump for running, if you ask me. And then he's like, well, we got to find her later and make sure she knows to keep her mouth shut. How could the Amberlin trust that girl? And Egwene's like, well, I thought I was right on top of her, but it was actually somebody else. And... And if I turned my back for a moment, she was gone. Not Elsa. I never even saw her. But the woman I thought was Elsa at first, she's just up and gone, disappeared, and no idea where she went. And Elaine's like, one oh, of the soulless? And I'm thinking, like, not exactly a character trait of the soulless to be like, hey, I'm over here, and then poof, I'm not. That's not a... The Greymen, you just don't see them because your eyes slide off of them because they're so normal and there's a trick of the power to it. The Dark One's power, I should say. And I was like, well... Not her, but... She's not a gray man. I'm not going to tell them she made me feel like six years old, torn dress, a dirty face, and a runny nose. She's tall, striking, black eyes, black hair. You notice her in a crowd of thousands. And I've never seen her before, but I think she's eyes to die. She's got to be. And then he was like, well, if you see her again, point her out. If you think there's cause, we don't have time to stand here talking. I got to go check out with that storeroom and before Elsa has a chance to tell the wrong person about it. Maybe they were careless, but let's not give them a chance to fix that problem if they were. 
So, Egwene falls inside with Nynaeve, and Elaine is on the other side of her, and she still has the stone ring that Corian and Nadil had, studying that tear on Grail, and it's clustered in her fist. So she puts it in her belt pouch, pulls the drawstrings. She's like, well, if I don't go to sleep with the bloody... Well, that's what I'm trying to do, isn't it? Like, that's the whole point of this operation. But that's going to be tonight. Not going to worry about it right now. But she kept an eye for an eye in the woman in silver and white. And the description of silver and white should mean something. If it doesn't, it will eventually. But she's not sure why, whether she's relieved to not see her or whatever. But she's like, I'm a grown woman. I'm quite capable. Thank you very much. But she's glad she doesn't encounter anybody who looks slightly like her. But the more that she thought of the woman, the more that there's something wrong about her. She's like, wow, I'm starting to see blockage under my bed. Only maybe they are under my bed. And like, <sighs> novices. I mean, they're technically novices. Mentally, anyway. <laughs> um, but they go to the library, and it's a little bit separate from the White Tower proper, but... Um, there's a lot of descriptions here, so I'm not going to go with it. But basically, the bookshelves have, or the shelves have books, manuscripts, papers, scrolls, maps, charts collected from everywhere all over the world. At least the known portion of the world. It's actually, like, the world as a whole is actually quite big. And they're in a very, very small portion of it. It's like Middle Earth and Lord of the Rings is actually this small middle section of a much larger continent that's only, like, part of the entire world. There's other continents and stuff. Like, it, it's a very small portion, actually. It looks huge when you look at the zoomed-in version of it, but it's actually much smaller than you think. But even the great libraries in Tyr and Kyrian didn't hold this many. Um, but the librarians, that are all brown sisters, guarded those shelves and guarded the dwarves as close... The, the dwarves? The doors as closely to make sure not a scrap of paper left unless they knew who took it and why. In other words, you're going to have to really literally check out every book. But it wasn't one of the guarded entrances that Nynaeve takes Egwene and Elaine. So they go underneath the foundations of the library and kind of go down into the some trees and stuff where there's some other doors like laborers and stuff have access to things and it's like, what is the point of guarding the library if you literally have a million ways to get into it? Seems kind of pointless, but okay. So then he takes one of these doors, looks kind of like a farmhouse, and they head into it, and it gets really, really dark, because light disappears. So they begin using the one power to create glowing spheres of light. And Elaine's just like, ah, oh, it feels so wonderful, really. And Egwene's like, be careful. She's like, I know, I know, but it just feels, I know, I'll be careful. So Nynaeve's just like, all right, we're going this way. I'm just like, wow, you've had time to like literally study every part of this entire tower in the only couple months you've been here? Like, you know exactly where to go? Really? Okay. wonder what she's doing in her spare time superhero stuff or vigilante justice, I guess. But Egwene, you know, follows behind Nynaeve, who's just not stopping and just doop, 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 like she knows exactly where she's going but the bluish light washes out Elaine's face but Egwene says it still looks a little paler than it should 
and she begins to think, like, oh, we could scream our lungs out down here, and no one would hear a whimper. Okay, that's, yeah, like, let's work ourselves into a frenzy, that seems to be useful. So, she felt a lightning bolt form, or a potential for one, and kind of, like, almost stumbles, but she had never really channeled two flows at once. It didn't really seem that difficult. I think it's... If you have the volume of power, technically doing two at once isn't difficult if you have skill. But if you don't have skill, like, basically, if you if you have skill, but you don't have the, the quality or the amount of power, you're not going to have necessarily the ability to do it. If you have the ability, like, or the, the quantity of power you need, but you don't have the skill, you're not going to be able to do it. But if you have the quantity of power and the skill, hypothetically, you should be able to do it. So this is kind of a, a hint into maybe Egwene can do two at the same time. Hmm. And it's all because of a thought. So she's becoming more used to the one power, which is useful, I guess. So they go find this door. It's rough wooden planks give this really thick door feel, even though it's not very big. And there's a round iron lock hanging from a stout chain, pulling it tight with some metal staples to the wall and everything. And then there's... The lock and chain have a new look to them, but there's... Because there's no dust in them or anything. And he was like, A lock? Did you guys see a lock anywhere else? He's like, oh, I didn't see one of the locked door. She pounds on the rough wood. He's like, not one. And Elaine's like, calm down. There's no need to throw a tantrum. I could open the lock if I could see how the inside of it works. Well, <laughs> if I could see the inside of a lock, I could tell you how it works. I'm like, yeah, if you could open the inside of the lock, it wouldn't be a lock because you just didn't lock it. <laughs> and Elaine's like, I don't want to be calm. I want to be furious. I want. But Egwene just touches the chain. And she learned some things more than making lightning bolts since leaving Tarvalon. And she has an affinity for metal. This being with about well, being with a Shan Shan. That came from Earth, one of the five powers that few women had much strength in. And the other was fire, but she had it and she could feel the chain and feel inside the chain and tiniest bits of cold metal and the patterns they make. And the power quivers the vibrations of those patterns. And she hears Nynaeve go, Move out of my way, Egwene. So she looks around and sees Nynaeve wrapped in the glow of Sidar, holding a pry bar. <laughs> close to the, the color blue-white that it was nearly invisible. And Nynaeve frowns at the chain, mutters something about leverage, and apparently the pry bar is suddenly twice as long. She literally made a pry bar out of the one power. Of all the things you could do, like, I don't know, a key that's malleable, and stick it in the lock and turn, she makes a pry bar. <laughs> Uh, rage does not allow one's mind to be calm and collected and thoughtful. <sighs> so, she thrusts the pry bar through the chain. She's bracing it, heaving, but the, sh the chain snapped like thread. And Nynaeve gasps and just stumbles across the hall in surprise, and the pry bar clatters to the floor. She straightens up, and she's amazed, and then the pry bar vanished. And the like, um, I think I did something to the chain. I really knew it. I wish I knew what it was. And he's like, well, you could have said something. It's like, well, you're going to stand there all day? So they head inside the dusty the dusty room. And it's about ten paces in square. 
but it holds this heap of large bags made of heavy brown cloth, stuffed, tagged, and sealed with Flame of Tervalon. Wayne just knows that there's 13. She didn't have to even count them. So she moves her ball of light to the wall and just sticks it there, you know, plasma grenade style. And she doesn't know how she does it. But when she took her hand away, the light just stayed there. I'm like, there's a spell in Skyrim for that. But she keeps learning how to do things without knowing what they are. And she doesn't know how or why, and it kind of makes her a little bit anxious. But nevertheless, that's what happens. So Elaine frowns, then she thinks, but then she hangs her light on the wall too. But Egwene's like, maybe I saw how it was done. She's like, well, she learned it from me, but I just learned it from her. I mean, that's called tag-teaming learning right there. I did something on accident. Well, I watched you, so I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm going to watch you and learn how to do it. <laughs> and Nani just goes straight over to the bags and just pulls them apart and reads the tags. Rihanna, Joy, a buyer. These are what we're after. She looks at the seal on one, breaks the wax, and unwinds it. And he's like, well, at least we know no one has been here before us. And Egwene picks a bag, breaks the seal, doesn't even read the name on it. She doesn't really want to know whose possessions she's checking. But she throws them on the floor, the very dusty floor. And then just mostly clothes, shoes, with a couple of ripped and crumpled papers from the sort. You might just hide underneath the wardrobe of a woman who's not too assiduous in keeping... The room's clean and whatnot. It's like, well, there's nothing useful here. A cloak that wouldn't do for rags. Torn half of a map of some city. Tear, it looks like. Um, three stockings and a need darning. Or three stockings that need darning. And this one doesn't have any uh, clothes behind. And she sticks her finger through a, a hole in a velvet slipper. I'm starting to think that these are just like random things. Stuck in a bag with a... Th no, necessarily, it's not necessarily related to these people. And Elaine's like, well, Amiko didn't leave anything either, and it might as well be rags, but there's a book here. You know, whoever threw these up must have been in a hurry to toss in a book. Customs and Ceremonies of the Tyran Court. The cover's torn off, but the librarians will want it anyway. And the librarians definitely would, and no one threw away books, no matter how damaged they are. And Nanny's like, Tear. She gets the little clutter that she was searching and finds a scrap of paper she had to throw away. It's like, a list of trading ships on the Ernan with the dates they sailed from Tarvalon and the dates they were expected to arrive in Tyr. He's like, well, well, I mean, it, it could be coincidence. And Nani's like, perhaps. She folds the paper and tucks it in her sleeve and then breaks the seal on another bag. Then they go through finishing. All the bags were searched twice and discarded rubbish heaped around the edges of the room, because, you know, no one's going to ask why all these seals are broken and why they're just laying on the room. Although they probably never actually opened the room, so there's that too. And it's like, when they finish, you know, like, <laughs> she just doesn't really check, but the little thing they made was just all in a row. And Elaine's like, well, there's just there's too much of it. And Nave's like, yep, yep, too much. And there's a second book with uh, a tattered leather-bound volume entitled Observations on a Visit to Tear. I repeat, naive. Tear. <laughs> so, it's half of its pages are falling out, and um, it's caught in the lining of a badly torn cloak in Chesmal Emery's bag, where it probably slipped through a rip, one of the pockets of the cloak, and then 
Another list of trading vessels. Didn't say anything other than names, but they were all on the leather list. And all the vessels had all sailed early the morning, the night that Leandrin and the others left the tower. There was also a hastily sketched plan of a large building with one room noted as the Heart of the Stone. Not a really a big piece of information or anything. Um, and a place with the names of five inns, the word Tear heading the page badly smudged but barely readable. And Egwene's like, hmm, there's something from everyone. They all left something pointing to a journey to Tear. How could anyone miss seeing it if they looked? Or did the Omerlin not say anything of this? And then he's like, psh, the Omerlin. He keeps her own counsel and what matter if we burn for it? What worries me is I'm looking at a bait. And Egwene's like, bait? But she sees it as soon as she sees it. You know, she's like, oh. And I was like, yeah, bait, trap, maybe diversion. But trap or diversion, it's obvious no one could be taken in by it. Unless they do not care whether somebody finds this, saw the trap or not. And Elaine's kind of uncertain. But she's like, well, maybe they meant to make it so obvious that whoever found it would dismiss to here immediately. Yes, that's some reverse psychology right there for you. And Queen's like, I really wish the Black Aja would be as sure as, like, could actually be as sure of themselves as that, but I don't think they are. So she grips her pouch in her fingers, and she's thumbing the twisted curve of the stone, and she hums, My precious, my precious. Not really, she doesn't, but that's essentially what she does. <laughs> Wrong fantasy! Oh, sorry. Um, it's like, well, maybe they want to taunt somebody with whoever finds it. And it's like, well, maybe they thought they, somebody would find this and run, rush headlong straight into it after them with anger and pride. It's like, well, do they know we would find it? Do they see us that way? And then Nynaeve growls quite shocking language. Burn me! <gasps> she said a swear word. That's a bad word, Nynaeve. You shouldn't say potty words. Anyway. They kind of just stared. And Elaine's like, Well, what do we do? Egwene squeezes the ring. She's like, Well, maybe we're going to know after tonight. So Nynaeve looks at her and just... Picks out a dark skirt that seems to not have too many holes and rips, then begins bundling all the things that they had found. And she's like, well, we'll take this back to my room and hide it. I think we just have we just have time if we don't want to be late to the kitchens. And Quaid's like, late. The longer she held the ring in her pouch, the greater urgency she felt. And she's like, we're already a step behind, but maybe we won't be too late. And that's it. That's the chapter. Nothing to see here, folks. Go on. Get out of here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but really. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, they're not a whole lot. This is a very fast-paced chapter this time. I'm wondering how many of you actually are noticing some of these things. Because a lot of people didn't figure this out their first read-through. I admit I am one of them. It It still took me a little long time to figure it out myself because sometimes you have to read slow and I'm just not really good at reading slow, <laughs> but um, there's a lot of cool information that 
some people don't pick up on because it kind of sneaks by or just like, oh, I wonder what they're going to find out. And people kind of read it and find out with the characters. It's rare for people to read it and catch it on before they actually get to it, the part where the character figures it out. But yeah, um, what did you guys think? What are your thoughts? Um, does it seem like a trap? Does it seem like bait? Does it seem that the Black Aja is just really, really clumsy? Could somebody have planted this evidence? Was somebody trying to lure them out of the tower for some reason? You know, possible theories could be springing out of holes in the ground like dwarves. But what do you think? I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, feel free to reach out on to Facebook, Tales of Red Arm, on Twitter, at Tales of Red Arm, or even directly to me, um, Tales of Red Arm at gmail.com. Um, love to hear what your guys' thoughts are. It's always fun to hear different views from different people. Um, but yeah. I think that'll be it for this particular chapter. Feel free to uh, still continually. I mean, I haven't probably said this in the last 50 or so episodes, but feel free to share with your friends, your family, anybody you think that might be interested in this. And maybe by the time they actually decide to do it, it's already five or six books in and they'll have plenty to work with. Um, but yeah. I'd love to expand the group and all the fun we have together. But yes, if you would like to reach out to me, you now know how, like you do every single episode, because I do that without fail. <laughs> and feel free to uh, share it with people. It'd be a wonderful thing for me, as this is a very, very long commitment, and I would love as many people as possible to experience it along with me. All right, uh, I think we'll call it there. We have chapter 27 coming up in the next one, so hopefully you will join me also for that. So farewell, my friends. Until then. We drink all night and dance all day And on the girls we'll spend our pay And when we're done, then we'll away To dance with Jack of the Shadows We'll toss the dice however they fall When some of the girls be they short or tall Then follow young Matt wherever he goes To dance with Jack of the Shadows We'll toss the dice however they fall When some of the girls be they short or tall Then follow Lord Matt wherever he goes To dance with Jack of the Shadows We'll give a yell with a bloody curse And hog the maids, it could be worse Let's ride away with the dark ones first To dance with Jack of the Shadows Yeah! yeah.